Welcome to the Midnight Queso Podcast. This is Tessa. Hi, this is Square Knot. Square Knot. Lynn. Dr. Smith. Yeah, I guess Dr. Smith's okay this time. Yeah. Dr. Smith's okay today? Yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, Dad's career in delivering babies. Exciting, Exciting. Huh? Yeah. So I am, let's see, this week I'm 27 weeks pregnant with a little boy. And um, we just wanted to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about what you like about delivering babies and um, what made you want to go into it in the first place and some of your experiences. So let's start out with what, you know, why did that interest you when you were in medical school? Well, uh, I grew up on a farm. Uh, One of my very first uh, experiences of animals, I remember I was very young, uh, going to the barn, there was a lot of straw around and watching a calf being born. And I thought it was really a true, wonderful miracle watching it. And uh, we, when I was a little bit older, my father ran a Charlay cattle ranch and Charlay cows the bulls are quite big, and so when the cows have the calves, they can struggle with it. And so the birth, birthing was a big deal, and uh, it was a lot of work, and I always really liked everything about it. In fact, I initially was going to go into veterinary medicine, and uh, as the world went and circumstances went, I didn't get into vet school and uh, got into medical school. Um. As I was in medical school and did my rotations, I loved OB, um, loved everything about it. Uh, I know it sounds weird. I liked the smells, the blood, the the birthing process, the wonderful baby that comes, and the excitement from it. There is uh, nothing like uh, watching a baby take its first breath. If you really think about it, you know, here's a baby inside a mom is living off the mom's oxygen and uh, comes down to the canal, which is uh, the baby's about 10 times bigger than the canal it's supposed to go through. So mother pushes and gets this, this little head pops out, and then just all of a sudden that first breath is just this greatest miracle you'll ever see. And the cry and everything about it, it's, it's really a tremendous rush. And I love that. And um, circumstances went that I debated on being a family practitioner versus OB. There's other things about medicine I like. Um, I went to pharmacy school, so my background's in pharmacy, so I liked other things. So family medicine was kind of where I could deliver babies and do several other things I liked. And that's that's kind of the story of how how I got into how I got into OB and and what I like about it, I spent a lot of time getting a lot of deliveries. I was figuring out, I think I did 300 deliveries in residency, and then somewhere between 700 and 1,000 in the 12 years of my practice. So I'm somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 babies I've, I've participated in delivery. Wow. Yeah, so you, you probably didn't know that. I didn't know. No, I didn't yeah. know that you did that many. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a lot. So I've really, and I practiced in a small town where we saw a little bit of everything. I've seen just about all the things that can go bad, that are wrong. Because 
NLB, there's things you can control and there's things you have absolutely no control. So what you try to do is learn so that the things that you have no control of, once they happen, then then you take control. You know, like, for example, if a head comes out and the shoulders are too big, well, how do you get the baby out? And it's called a shoulder dystocian. That's a that's a tense few seconds where you, while you're figuring out how to get the shoulders out. So, And if the baby comes backwards, what do you do? You know, and, and things like that. And so uh, it was fun. I've, I've seen about every one of those type of deliveries. The couple of things just that I've observed, uh, and, you know, it, it isn't getting crazy or anything, but I, I, I think all women are beautiful, but a, a pregnant a woman that is with child is, is gorgeous. And I've always believed that. I think there's a light about them. There's a look about them and there's an air about them that is no other time do they really have that. And uh, I've always thought that. I've always thought it was a, a really a special privilege to be able to uh, take care of women while they're pregnant. Because I think it's a, it's a very special time in their life because of how they're feeling, their hormones and everything else. And to participate in that is an honor. So I think you're... I was always very careful to try to bring dignity to the thing and to help them the best I could. Uh, pregnancy's hard. It's painful. It's it's a, it's a horrible thing. Until you die, it's probably the closest to death that a woman's going to be, and it really is. I've I've taken care of some that were really close. You know that uh, that we had to act quickly to to make sure that they're. There wasn't more problems in difficult times. So I ha- I was lucky I never had a woman die or a baby die under my thing, but I have been around. I have had partners that had that happen. So people that I worked with. So it's, 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 it's a scary. serious time. It yeah. is a scary time. But with the modern days, things that we have and things, you know, well, you're, you're trained, so you're trained to, to react. You and know to do how it. to deal. With and there's those a lot of help out there, particularly now with perinatologists and stuff around that are around to help you. It's it's a good time. There's. Did you have any questions on anything? Well, I guess you know I'm. Um, so I'm just about going to my third trimester. You know, do you have any advice as a doctor who's delivered babies? I think in Arizona in particular, you got to drink the fluids. You just, you're going to be dehydrated and you just got to really drink the fluids and you got to stay inside. Air conditioner is your friend. Uh, you just stay inside. Don't try to push it. Don't do stupid stuff, as my friend said. I mean, I've had women that went out, you know, four wheeling and went into labor. And, and, I'm probably you know, not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, you're probably not going to do that. But I, I think the biggest thing is to drink plenty of fluids and stay inside. You know that will that will help you a lot, and then you know whatever you have, if you have high blood pressure, whatever, make sure that's under control. And if you don't feel good, uh, there's no stupid questions. Yeah. You know, get help and and ask you know some questions and stuff. I had a couple of funny stories with delivery, and uh, <clears throat> if I use a name, I want you to know that it's not a real name. Right, so pseudonym. Yeah. It's a pseudonym. It's it's not you know anything. So 
The first one I was thinking about was, as we had uh, this lady, we'll call her Kathy. Kathy was a young girl. She was about 15, 16, had, uh, wasn't married and, uh, was cute, cute, cute. And, uh, I had, what happens in that case a lot of times when you have the young, young married like that, that they have a boyfriend and that is you never see the boyfriend. Okay. You're seeing Kathy and sometimes her mom, sometimes not, but you're not seeing the boyfriend. Well, at the time of the delivery, this particular boyfriend, he was there, you know, he wanted to participate, but he hasn't, he doesn't know me. He doesn't do anything. And so, so Kathy's in labor and she's dilating and she's getting closer and closer. And, uh, we had a room that was kind of this room where family could be, you know, 10 people could be in the room or whatever. And then you, but we had always talked to the people, you know, when I start delivering it, you got to get out of my way. If you pass out, I'll just kick you around because I'm taking care of, she's my patient. I'm taking care of her and the baby. Well, the boy, this boyfriend, he's about 16, 15, 16. He's been out in the lobby or something. Went to have a smoke or something. I don't know. He hasn't around. And uh, so she's she's pushing, and this baby's coming, and the head starts to crown out, and it starts to come out, and we're getting all ready to deliver, and he walks in the room, and he just absolutely freaks out. He just couldn't, what's going on? What's happening? And he comes over my shoulder, shoves me to the side, and tries to push the head what? back in. Yeah. What on <laughs> earth? The nurse grabs him, get out of the way, you know. He was screaming, you know. I don't know what he was thinking. He just panicked. He hadn't he been. He just panicked. He yeah. hadn't been. And it was really it was really kind of funny. But that brings out the topic that I kind of wanted to talk about now is that I noticed very early, and I know at first it's going to sound stupid, then I'll explain it. Very early at the time of conception, the, the woman is a mother. I mean, she is a mother. Uh, hormones start to change very quickly. She's her body's totally invested in it. Her mind's changing. She's she's taking care of this baby, you know, full time. Guys have no clue. Right. <laughs> they're not a mother. Their hormones aren't changing. You know, they're having a hard time understanding because this woman is now changing. They're a mother and. And guy, you're on the back burner, you know, because I'm taking care of this baby. And uh, I just, you know, and they're really good fathers, but most of the time fathers become a father after the baby's delivered, you know, and and they can do the bonding and that. But uh, I know there's some exceptions, but, and I, I noticed that from young mothers as young as, the youngest person I delivered was 11. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, to the oldest I delivered, which was 48. So, so, um, you know, in, in that range, they're, they're in it early and uh, do a really good job. I was always impressed with the young mothers, how well they took care of the babies. You know, there were some exceptions in there, but very few. You know, even the 13, 14 year olds did a really good job. It was like kind of an innate. It was like, an innate thing, and they got in and they, and they became the mother, and they matured really quickly. And the except hardly ever the, did the did the father. He he wasn't in on it at the, at the, the same, same the yeah. same amount. He was more 
selfish and wondering why, you know, and that's where a lot a lot of times the, those early marriages or early living together doesn't work because they're not invested like the like the woman is. So interesting. Yeah. Did um I'm trying to think. Did like with a lot of deliveries, was there families in the room? Like a lot of time did you have to deal with that as the Yeah, owner? yeah. Most of the time, you know, you you handle that. That's what your visits are for. You handle that and let everybody know. Um, often, it it wasn't unusual. It wasn't a majority, but it wasn't unusual for a mother to come in and start to kind of take over. And I always felt that, you know, this is between my, she isn't my patient. Yeah. I could care less. Yeah. And I think some of those mothers I kind of ticked off. Sure. Because I'm I'm the doctor to the woman, and she's having this battle of trying to have this baby, and and uh, you know she needs to, uh, you know it's her it's uh, it's her day of glory. It's not the it's not the mothers or the mother in laws or well, and also or the she, aunts and stuff. It's not the same experience. Yeah, you know? and what I always what I recommended if you have a for example, your relationship with Bradley, I mean, I wouldn't have your mother in there. There's no way. Yeah. You know, because this is your time as a couple to come together and to do this thing together, you know, the, the delivery. Now, if you want to, that's fine. Right, but, but that was your suggestion. That's my suggestion, and I and I would suggest that. I would say you can have who you want, but who you need is to have your your partner there. And to do this, do this together. And, um, and you know, a lot of times I would see the husband kind of kicked into the corner. And that always kind of ticked me off. Oh, like if the mom was there. If the mom was there, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's, this, it's this moment of family. You know, it doesn't happen again. It's a, it's a really powerful, you know, I was in, in all four deliveries that your mother had, and it was a special time. You know? Did you assist with me? No. I pu- no, okay. Purposely. I purposely didn't. I was actually working, so I didn't assist with the delivery, but I was actually your doctor. Oh. I was the, I was the resident that was there taking care of you. Yeah. Because the OB doesn't take care of the, the baby. The baby. So when you were delivered, I was, I was up. But I purposely... Had you delivered by an OBGYN that I knew really well, Dr. Schulfeffer. Yeah. Wore a little bow tie. He was little round glasses. Yeah. He's a really great guy. You That's know. cool. Yeah. So we, uh, he did a great job. I think that would be complicated. You know, you don't want to assist with your own nah, baby. <laughs> nah, I haven't. Or grandchild or anything no, like that. I don't want to do that. So, but it's, it's a really exciting and, uh, time. It's a very hard time. You know, after 36 weeks, you're just miserable. It's just that's the way it's going to be. So, usually about now, between um, about 24 weeks to about 32 weeks, you actually feel really good. You know, I've been lucky. I've felt pretty good. So, do you have some more thoughts? Do you have any questions? Well, what, you know, what do you suggest or, what, like, what are some of your advice for when you're going through, like, a hard delivery? Like, it's taking, you know, it's 
a multi-day scenario or like do you suggest taking classes beforehand or I think I think as much as you can pick up it's good if they offer classes there's no there's no problem the more prepared for them the epidural has made uh, has made a lot of difference of my thousand deliveries I probably only had 50 with an epidural oh wow uh, where our hospital where I was trained didn't have a lot of epidurals. I was at another hospital where they had a lot of epidurals. That's where I did those. And then the year that I quit doing OB in Safford, they got epidurals in. They they had what they call an endothecal that kind of helped, but they didn't have a lot of people to do anesthesia. And so we didn't, we didn't do epidurals. I think epidurals slow the process down but i think they're they're worth it i think they're worth it i i think you just particularly for your first baby you know there's exceptions but just be in for the long haul uh listen to the nurses they're fabulous and that's that's just another thing um ob nurses are amazing they've saved me as a doctor a hundred times but they're just really good at what they do and know know what to do and if they tell you to push push listen to them they'll tell you how to breathe that stuff that you learn of how to breathe really does work it controls the pain and helps helps with some things but you're probably going to have an epidural that will kind of help you with uh, those type of things so i plan on it they're fairly early to do c-sections i was kind of with a time when there was you tried really hard not to do C-sections. It was kind of a... But it's kind of now that they will do it. I think sooner. so. I mean, again, I haven't delivered for 14 years or so, but uh, but it kind of is that, you know, C-sections are more, you know, just uh, there's kind of... I, I really do have a, quite a funny story. So there was uh, rainbow people that lived in the Gila Valley, and they're the... If you know the rainbow people, they're kind of they're kind of a side for, of the hippies, and they live kind of in a com- commune outside of Pima by Clefts Ponds. Their latrine was a great big ditch that they dug out there. They lived out there and lived off nature and loved each other and stuff. Anyway, there was this uh, there was this couple that came in, and uh, uh, we'll call her Metal Lark. They actually had a name like that, but she wasn't Metal Lark. But, Anyway, Metal Art came in, and she was a pretty big woman. She was probably two, 200, about 5'10". And uh, Running Wolf, her partner, he was he was 140 pounds wet, you know. I mean, <laughs> he, he, was, he was this little squirrely guy. Well, we he had been on a thing, and we had talked together, and they had decided that they were going to do everything naturally, you know. And, uh, and so... As we got into the labor and got going for the baby, you know, they wanted everything. They had a certain way they wanted to push and everything. And she was not progressing very well, and she was not handling the pain. So I went in and suggested we have some pain medicines that we can take that will relax you so your muscles can relax. Because as the contractions came, she was tightening down. She wasn't dilating. She wasn't doing stuff. And... And Running Wolf goes, no, no, no. We're doing this all naturally. You know, it's what we're going to do. We've decided beforehand, this is a child of nature, and she's coming the natural way. And I said, okay, fine. 
we get in and the labors get more tense and Metalark is kind of screaming with everything and she's having tough. And I go in and I say, you know, there's not a lot of change. We do have these medicines. Running Wolf says, no, we're going to do it naturally. <laughs> the child's a child's of nature. We're going to do it. She's doing great. We're going to do it. So she really was a progression. She was held on about four centimeters and she was so tight, and, you know, she was having pain and stuff. And so I go in, and I say, you know, we do have some things that can relax her and can change the pain. And, and uh, Running Wolf goes, no, we're going to do it naturally. And she grabs him by the neck and shoves him against the wall. And she says, I want Demerol now. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and he was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Whatever. So, Whatever you want. So anyway, the Demerol, the pain medicine, I can't remember what kind of pain medicine we used, but we didn't use Demerol those days. We used something else. But anyway, that's what she said. And so we gave her the pain medicine, and it really dilated her. And, and she was funny, so she didn't want to deliver on the bed. She wanted to kind of squat. So I had to kind of go down on the floor and catch the bed. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor. It was an interesting thing. But anyway, uh, Metalark got her Demerol, and they got the baby, and they were very happy. Yeah. Well, with over a 1,000 deliveries, I'm sure you kind of saw all of that, right? We saw a little bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, and uh, most were very rewarding, good experience. Oh, there's another thing. I learned very early that uh, you cannot judge a book by its cover, and what I mean from that is you would have the most pious, sophisticated-looking woman. Yes, doctor, whatever you want. When you get into labor, the sweat. All bets are all off. All bets are off. I remember this one lady, man. She, she was the F word every five seconds back. Because <laughs> it was bad. So, and it's fine with me. Yeah. I didn't care Who if that cares? if that makes you no feel better. No judgment. But there was no judgment on that, you know. And the other thing is, sorry, Tessa, red redheads are hard deliveries. This is so weird to me. Yeah. The redhead having being hard delivery thing. Well, and they bleed. They bleed more. They bleed more. Yeah. Because I looked it up. It's like a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. And that, Tessa, if you don't know, everybody I'm, is a redhead. Yeah. So, strawberry blonde. I'm strawberry hoping blonde. that, you know, maybe because I'm not completely redheaded. <laughs> oh, yeah. A redhead would be like, oh, we've got a redhead here. That's so strange. And we would, the nurse and I would both look at each other. Remember, you know, right after delivery, remember we got a redhead. Flip the, the IVs up. You know, she's going to bleed on us. Yeah. That's crazy. And so that, like, you just noticed that, that they bleed more. Yeah, they did. Another interesting thing is I delivered uh, on the, uh, I was, had the privilege of delivering on the Navajo Reservation, um, uh, probably about 40 deliveries. And they have some really interesting, they take the placenta and will bury it in special places and stuff like oh, that. Cool. They always take their placenta and, and uh, use it in a religious manner because it's very, you know, they, they don't, they, for the most part. They mostly the percentage just comes and you just destroy it. You just grind right. it up in a grinder that you have there at the hospital. But they would almost always take their placenta and use it. Uh, you know, in interesting. A, yeah. So 
Yeah, that's. I I I thought that was really kind of an interesting thing. And you delivered. You just noticed, right, that you delivered mostly girls. Yeah, I I I for a while was keeping track of it, but it was really and then I quit keeping track. But it was about seven out of ten. Yeah. That's so many more. Yeah, the lady would 70%. come in and, and they'd say, "I want a boy," and I said, "You got the wrong doctor." <laughs> and they'd look at you like, "What?" And I go. I deliver girls. Did some of your like, um, did some of the other doctors you work with deliver more boys? I mean, it I guess to I don't know. It stands yeah. to reason because it it is a little bit higher percentage of girls. Interesting. I think it's to have to look it up. I don't have Wikipedia Not in, in front our of family. me, but it's about uh, it's about fifty three percent. I think girls. Oh, interesting. Nature tends to produce more of the. Species that can propagate it, right? So, they there's actually some studies in that when, like, like they had this rock chuck or this uh, woodchuck place that they controlled, and if if more women or if more female of the species died off, then they would have a run on female babies. Interesting, weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. It's just like it knew how to take care of itself. Somehow, yeah. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what they claimed, you know. Right. It was just a small study, but yeah. Right. Yeah. On the rock check. Yeah, quitting uh quitting doing OB was really hard for me. I really loved it, but I'm kind of a night person, the midnight queso. Uh so being up delivering baby was kind of fun. It was kind of my time. Yeah. It was kind of, you know. I, it didn't bother. It didn't bother me. Except as I got older, I it was I, harder. It was harder. Yeah. Well, and I think you know. I remember growing up. If you had a hard delivery, it was hard. You know, yeah. like it's hard mentally. Yeah, I would come. Uh, I remember one particular delivery that was very, very hard. It turned out fine, woman, but it was close. She she was bleeding very badly, and we had to put a lot of blood in her and do some things to keep her alive and I came home and just stared at the TV and after a couple hours I noticed the TV had like flipped past midnight you know and right. it was just going it was like oh yeah and I hadn't even noticed it yeah I was just because the adrenaline was yeah but that's the other thing I want to comment about is that there's nothing like a delivery I mean in my experience of anything that I have done there's it it isn't addictive, but it's almost an addictive type thing because it releases so much uh, adrenaline in that. And the women, right after delivery, a lot of times they're sitting there just shaking uncontrollably because they've released so much uh, adrenaline and endorphins and keflins and stuff like that to to do the delivery. And they're just shaking. I can't stop shaking. I actually saw. I was because I showed up really close to when Abby was born. Uh huh. And Shannon was shaking. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, and it's and it's totally natural. It's just this huge, it's this huge rush of, you know, when they yeah. when the baby comes out, it's just such a relief. They're just well, and the nurse. I remember the nurse saying like, because she was like, "Can I get a blanket?" She's like, "I can get you a blanket. It's not. It's, it's not, not going to help. You're not cold. Yeah, you're just you're shaking because yeah. of this, of this. And as a doctor delivering, and I've talked to other nurses too. It's it's a little bit of a kind of a fun rush, you know. The baby's crying and everybody's happy and Well, it's happy medicine, you know. Babies are so beautiful and you know, so it's it's a very positive thing. I mean, I've had some really tough deliveries that were very hard, 
babies had to be sent out and things like that. And uh, most of those turned out well. Yeah. In the end, but they're very. But they're well, they're very stressful. Yeah. And just like I'm sure, like just like how they can be so, you know, exciting and happy if something goes isn't yeah. going to plan. Yeah. That's very very scary. Because yeah. so. you're dealing with two human lives. Yeah, you are. I mean, that that's one thing that was really evident to me is that you're dealing with two human lives. The baby is a, is a real spirit with its own personality immediately. And another interesting thing, again, this is just me noticing. I mean, that baby knows mom and dad. Yeah, that's I cool. mean, they could, that's what I'd always tell the mom is to talk to him, talk to her. And, you know, while they're in the womb, talk to them. Yeah. If you they have a name picked voice. out for them, call them by name, talk to them. Because when they come... They, they they know. know they know the mom and dad. I mean, there's no there's no question in my mind. And I tried to get the baby over. Usually, I would set the baby in the mom's lap and let her start nursing if she could, if they were going to nurse before I before I took and examined the baby. Okay. But sometimes I had to make sure the baby was okay. Right before yeah. Yeah. So. I Any think, closing uh, thoughts? This is I a think, good one. I think that's it. Love delivering babies. Uh, something that I used to always say is that uh, you can be scared of, of the baby the whole process, but you don't have to be afraid. Yeah, I you like know, that. You know, and because you're going to a doctor that knows what they're doing. You've got nurses that knows what they're doing. This is a scary proposition, and, and it is. But, you know, put the fear on the background, you know, trust in those people that are working with you and, and they'll do the best to do the best because there's unknowns. Things are going to, I guarantee you, things will happen that you didn't expect. What on earth is that is, I don't know. But there's literally hundreds of them that can happen. And, uh, but uh, people have been having babies for a long time and babies are pretty resilient, you know. Yeah. You know, the, they, uh, and if the bad, if one of the bad things happens, people, you know, we've they got, know what to do. Yeah, we've got great pediatricians, neonatologists, perinatologists that quick respond to it. And, you know, I, I'm speaking from a parent who had a very sick newborn. Yeah. So it's, I know what it's like to have a very sick newborn. So um, it's hard, you know. Yeah. But uh, but it, it works out in the end. So. Well, that's why there's doctors that have trained their whole lives. Yeah, and our doctors with our son who was very sick, they picked it up fast. You know, they yeah. they knew what they were doing and got us to where we could save his life and keep him going, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a good description of how I feel of, like, it's scary, but I'm not afraid. I've, I've been going to really trained, skilled doctors who know what they're doing. And uh, anyway... We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, just kind of going back, you ask a question I didn't really answer it is, should you do those classes? Yeah, I don't know if you have to do the Lamaze classes, but it wouldn't hurt you if you decided yeah. to. Well, and you know, I think what if for some reason I can't get an epidural? Yeah, well. Which is possible. Yeah, which is, which is possible. Yeah. Uh, your mother delivered so fast. They didn't, I think they had epidurals, but she delivered so fast that she didn't need it. She didn't really need them, yeah. Yeah, she was, she was fast on every one of the babies. Even even the first one. Mm, yeah, we almost. Oh yeah, that one. You she almost, almost delivered in the floor in our living room. 
Yeah, I'm I'm just planning on them having to induce me. So I don't know if that's how it'll be, but Yeah, you never know. You never know. All right. Well, this has been great. Yeah. Over a thousand babies, crazy. Over a thousand babies. I actually this is one of the things that I know quite a bit about. Yes. But, uh, You've been very helpful in this pregnancy, actually. Yeah. So I really appreciate it. It's really nice to have uh, someone I can call that's an expert. Well, but I, you know, I'm your father, not yeah. your doctor. So no, I, I have doctors too. Yeah. But you know, when I was vomiting blood in the middle of the <laughs> yeah, I said that I, was helpful. It's a Mallory Wise terror. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, um, this has been the Midnight Caso podcast. We'll be back to talk about some other topics soon, perhaps a movie. We'll see how it goes. But uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night. Good or night. Whatever you whatever. whatever. Yeah, whatever. Have a good delivery if you're <laughs> pregnant. Yeah. Yeah.